Hello, everyone. My name is Lydia Fleming, and you're listening to the Craving Crimes podcast sponsored by the Criminology and Criminal Justice Collective at the University of Michigan-Dearborn. We are so excited to have you join us today as we talk about an infamous cult known as Heaven's Gate, specifically focusing on the culture of the cult as shown in the book they had written and their beliefs. Heaven's Gate was a cult founded in 1974 by two leaders, Bonnie Nettles and Marshall Applewhite, but they were known to the cult as T and Doe. This cult was formed due to the connection they had made after Bonnie was a nurse to Marshall in a mental hospital. The true reasons as to why Marshall was in the mental hospital cannot be explained easily. There's been debates over whether it was due to depression after losing a job, or Applewhite seeking help for the homosexual urges he had explained but thoroughly disagreed with morally. There are also questions of schizophrenia from hearing voices and many other ideas. Currently, psychologists believe it is most likely all of these ideas, even including the homosexual urges based on the ideas he installed into the group, which I will cover later. After he was released, the two reconnected and strengthened the bond that they had made in the mental hospital. Both looking for a deeper meaning to life, they left and traveled the country in search for what their cult was soon to believe. Once Bonnie and Marshall came to build the story of the cult and its main goals while traveling, they set out to small towns where they had meetings talking about their beliefs and why the cult was essential in helping individuals. They gathered a larger following and set off on their journey to become a fully working group. An essential part of this group was their power dynamic and how it differed from other cults. In many cults, there's a division between the leader and the followers, but Heaven's Gate focused on being seen as teachers and students. T and Doe were considered to be the teachers there to educate the rest of the members on their beliefs about exceeding planet Earth. In fact, this idea was so strong among the members that Marshall stated, there are no teachers in the next level, we are your teachers now. This means that they did less of forcing group members, but rather influencing them to learn. One way in which this is shown is through the way that they gathered members. In order to gain more students, they would go to different towns and hold a meeting where they would then discuss their beliefs to the crowd. They would accept all members and allow anyone to leave at any time. This caused a great number of individuals to leave the cult as time went on, but many also stayed. Many reasons for those that had stayed so long was because they were searching for something more in life. They had not felt accepted in the environment they were in before and found acceptance in the cult. Along with expressing the power relations, or lack thereof, the teacher-student relation turned into T and Doe referring to the cult as an in-depth classroom training program while they prepared for the next level. With this classroom setup, it's also very important to note that this dynamic did not stay that way the entire time. At the beginning, things were very relaxed with T and Doe explaining their beliefs and then encouraging members to meditate without giving any real explanation on how it should be done. It was very confusing for many members as the teachings of T and Doe were limited in real instruction at the beginning, even though they called themselves teachers. As time went on and the cult grew in duration, structures started to form much quicker, but the teaching styles of T and Doe remained the same. Marshall did hold most of the classroom lessons as many saw him as the main teacher, but in reality, Bonnie held much of the power on how the teachings were given and what the lessons were about. In order to have teachings, T and Doe followed their own writings in their book. So the book they had written was called How and When, Heaven's Gate, The Door to the Physical Kingdom Level Above Human May Be Entered. Surprisingly, a large part of the book actually includes Bonnie and Marshall in it as they are referred to as the older members. 
This book is very confusing to understand and learn from as T and Dove jump back and forth from the future to the past constantly, and they even include aspects of their lives that had just recently occurred. For example, they speak on the media trying to tear down the cult, but how they were brave enough to stay together. This, along with other stories in the book, shows T and Doe as being these strong individuals willing to fight for their group while still attempting to create that teacher-student power dynamic by referring to their other members as their crew. Aside from the informal personal anecdotes they included, the book goes into detail on the origins of their beliefs and what was going to happen to the members in the next level. This focuses on overcoming humanness and becoming the ultimate version of themselves. After the stories, they had written about the rules of the cult, and then lastly included a dictionary to cover over their personal speech, such as calling their bodies, vehicles, and their houses spacecrafts. Along with their main manual book, the cult as a whole wrote a smaller book called Ruffles, where they each wrote down a quote that summarized their beliefs on the cult. If you were to search for this book, you can find many quotes that give you an uneasy feeling because they demonstrate just how much people believed in these false teachings. One quote holds, Reality is not something you escape from, it is something you escape to. Sayings such as these, as shown in Ruffles, really emphasizes the idea of not being in reality and needing to go further as a human simply to reach that reality. Their views on many topics push this ideology throughout the cult. I want to focus back on the main book for a minute and go into more detail about the rules section of the book as it really emphasizes the way they focused on creating a power dynamic and controlling the members. One aspect of the rules, as noted by past members, is that they seemed very open-ended and almost difficult to understand. In doing this, T and Doe could create an environment where individuals would almost be checking themselves because their rules were not clear enough to simply follow. An example of this open-ended rule was that the crew cannot break any major offenses. Although some examples were given, such as lying or sensuality, the rule as a whole was not presenting the members with much direction. Touching on sensuality more, this is related to the previous mention of what Applewhite considered to be his mental illness as homosexuality. Creating this rule may have helped Applewhite stop the urges he had presented and focus on entering the next level. I want to mention one specific rule that I found to be fitting with the power dynamics, and that is to treat their whole life like it was a classroom and like everything that happened was a test on whether they were ready for the next level. This, much like the rest of the information, pushes that student-teacher analogy into the cult. Along with the rules were what they called 17 steps to achieving the ability to reach the higher level. Although they were considered steps, they were still stated and enforced like rules. Much like the previous rules, they were fairly confusing and open-ended, such as, are you physically clumsy? And being ready for the higher level, the members were directed into thinking that they must complete all of the steps or else they are not perfect enough to go, instilling fear into the members in a more indirect way. Although we can agree that this book seems intense at the very least, interviews with past members had shown that they all seemed to agree and state that the rules did not seem as extreme when they are actually a part of the cult. Looking at some examples I gave earlier, many individuals would consider those to be very controlling, but members did not see it that way. Instead, they understood that the, that the book was a guide for getting into the next level and that doing so would not be an easy process. As members were allowed to leave at any time, the sharing of the book did push some away as they believed it was too much, but the book also enforced the bond the members that had decided to stay created based on their beliefs. It worked to get rid of those that were not as strong in their ideals and excite those that felt ready to move on. 
Actually, some of the crew got so excited that they claimed the book to be fun and freeing to know that they are moving to the next level. They also noted that the book created a sense of family and unity that they were looking for, as with many cults we have seen in the past. Connecting to this idea of family within the cult, other ways that individuals were pushed into a specific mindset was through the uniforms that had been introduced as the cult was filtered down into a smaller section of people that firmly stood with their beliefs on the next level. The uniforms were the same for everyone and they consisted of black shirts, black sweatpants, and black Nike tennis shoes. Having such a strict dress code in this cult was used primarily to remove individuality and make everyone not as their own person, but as a collective cult. Doing this had also helped separate the cult members from their past so they could focus on the cult and move forward in their experience with humanists. Now we're going to get into the deeper parts of the cult and specifically how they thought to move forward to the next level. Before the next level could be reached, Bonnie died in 1985 due to liver cancer that was left untreated. Now obviously, this created great confusion for Heaven's Gate as they wondered why she had left before it was her time to go to the next level since the cancer was unknown to them. Due to this confusion, they used their bias to explain why she had died earlier, stating her vehicle, or body as found in the book dictionary, had been recalled. This means that her body was not able to go forward and extend beyond current human life. This claim was agreed upon throughout the entire cult, and the true death of Bonnie was never understood between the members. Bonnie's death ended up pushing the group further on their beliefs as their bias addressed holes in their ideology and emphasized the importance of moving beyond before another vehicle was called. After Bonnie's death, the cult of Heaven's Gate waited until the moment they believed a spaceship would take them to the next level. In 1997, the comet Hale-Bopp provided just the perfect opportunity for them to do so. In late March, the cult followed their day as normal, even going out to eat chicken pot pie together before. Later that night, the Heaven's Gate members all ate phenobarbital mixed with either applesauce or pudding, and they washed it down with vodka. This medicine, often used to treat seizures, was taken in too large of a quantity and all the members involved died that night, commencing what they believed to be their graduation as they can join the ship and enter the next level. Three days later, on March 26, the bodies were found in the Heaven's Gate home, all dead, laying on their own mattress. The 39 total bodies were in their uniforms with a purple cloth draped over their face and torso, marking the end of Heaven's Gate. Thank you so much for joining me today as we discuss the cult Heaven's Gate. Be sure to follow the Criminology and Criminal Justice Collective's Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at CCJCUMD. For any questions about today's podcast, please contact our president, Sarah Doctor, via email, sarahdok at umich.edu.